Like, my ex used to say that the greatest times of her day is when I would call her after she get off of work because her phone will be in between her legs while she's driving and vibrating. And she's like, yo, thank you. That's the best way you ever satisfied me. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> Yo, hold Yo. up, hold up. Welcome, hold welcome up. to a new episode. It is what it is. I'm your host, Jay. There's no D today. He's on low management, but I bought me a great replacement. A very good friend of mine is Ali. What up? What's going on? What's going on, people? It's Shway Ali here to talk about every, any and everything these brothers got to talk about. Yeah, we're going to we going hit. We're going to get to the Mr. Morrill and Big Steps himself today. Oh yeah. But before we get know. into that, let people know a little bit more about yourself. Oh man. Well, um, for one, I'm a designer and an artist. Um, my brand is at uh, Shway Ali. That's S H W A Y Ali A L I. I'm on IG. We just, I've been coming up with a lot of pieces at this moment in time because we're preparing for a show in 2023. And um, yeah, man, I've just been getting so much inspiration. That's why I was just talking to my girl, like, yo, Kendrick dropped at the right time because I needed this to be the anthem for my summer. Yes. And just listening to it, the art, everything, we're going to get more into it, but. This was it was it was it was much needed. And your show's gonna be in New Jersey in 2023. Right? Uh yeah. Well, we still work. I'm still literally working on that as we speak. But um, it's so much stuff coming with it, bro. Like I'm so excited. I feel like this is like one of the, this is really the pinnacle of me doing the stuff that I really want to do. Like I've been wanting to get into fashion. I wanted to be getting into clothes for like years now, and you know just being in your own head not having the funds i've been blessed to be in a position where i could really really put my talent and put the ideas that i have in my head with the help of my girlfriend as well um it's just been a great experience bro and who's your um who's the people that inspired you to get into the world of fashion i always say for me personally like the first time like kanye has always been a big inspiration for me but the first time I really looked at fashion, someone really naming like designers that I had never heard about was ASAP Rocky. Mm-hmm. Like when I first heard ASAP come out with Love Live ASAP, that was in the visuals he had in the, in the video pesos and purple swag. That was the first time I was I heard a black guy talking about just high end fashion when it came to like um, Rick Owens, Raph Simmons, and Amula Meester, all these different people. I had no freaking idea who these people were, and it just opened me up to. Uh, another just a whole nother world so um yeah i would say him as far as inspirations for me at this moment in time like brands that i really like is like vetmont um denim tears um a lot of stuff that virgil used to do with pyrex uh that's a lot of the stuff that like and oh also too like old school 2001 dip set you know that that moment in time you know g unit that that era of uh, black creativity. That, so those the, are my inspirations. You had the G in the muscle shirt? No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> I grew up in a very religious household, so we I did, wasn't even listening to rap around that Thou time. Thou shalt not wear a G in the <laughs> No cursing, nothing, bro. Like, my my wow. soundtrack to my, my sound, like, my parents, like, and they're not even really religious like that. My parents do not curse. Like they. So not. was it a culture shock when you was introduced to these things? Or or did you already have these things like if you go into school or hang out with friends? Well, you got to think, bro. Like, I'm not, I'm born 94. So when... Jesus made me feel old. <laughs> so when, so when like, the internet and social media really exploded when I was, like, in elementary school. And when I got in... Like, Instagram really came out when I was in high school. So... 
just that whole, Damn. just everything that you see as far as like just these pages of mood boards and all that stuff, all that stuff started popping off like when I was in high school and from elementary to high school. So um, that, I didn't, it really, the culture shock, the culture shock was almost like a, it wasn't like a complete culture shock. It we, my community, my my age group was already that generation was already being brought up in like the internet age. You feel me? Oh, I feel you because like I know it's like um for instance like I have cut like we all have little cousins and they don't believe in the world before and even though the internet was around since the late eighties, but yeah. they don't realize like yo we had to go outside. Like if we wanted to meet up with each other, there was no texting. I'm on my way. Like we just hope that you would be there. There's a difference between it being the internet and social media. Yeah. Social, the life before social media was very different on how we communicate with each other, you know, and, and obviously the cell phone and stuff like mm -hmm. that, like all those things, but going like just the constant interaction you have with other people, like being, that's why when you hear sometimes people hear like little kids talk to them, like I was watching something and they were listening to like teenagers talk to me like, these are freaking teenagers. Like they sound like grown ass people, but you got to understand kids are getting, kids and people are getting more information than they've ever gotten in the history of the world. More information every day. You could find the world, like the internet is literally a virtual encyclopedia. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Which is, it's curious. I wanted to like ask the room because I was listening to another podcast talk about technology and they said technology actually hasn't like compared to when we first got introduced to these new things, like in the early 2000s, they said some technology is starting to slow down. Mm. Do you believe, do you think that's what's really happening? Honestly, bro, I have no idea. I'm just gonna keep it. A, I'm gonna keep it a full on buck. I'm not even gonna cat with like, you. Like, like I do not know. <laughs> like I, I will say, I will say that. Uh, I mean, the constant progress. Like I feel like it is kind of like I do see a bit of a stalemate. Like there's no like grand new things coming out. Like we do get kind of, kind of like at a slow period because. Um, but I just feel like it's just. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. These things take time too. Like I feel like this also too. This time period has made people more um more prone to wanting instant gratification so it's one of those things where you like yo like we should be better like bro like do you not see like where where the internet was 20 years ago is vastly different. vastly different you know vastly, vastly different. different and that is probably like where we if you look at any other time period and you look at 100 years and in the time periods there were some changes like big changes but Stuff was not drastically different. We live drastically different than how we lived a hundred years ago. This world is totally different. What like was the craziest thing that was like when you like for me, the craziest thing that ever happened to me, because I don't know if you remember back back in the time when you was on a computer, you couldn't be on your house phone. The dial up. So the one last time I was when I was on the computer and I heard the house phone ring for the first time, I'm like, oh shit, bro. <laughs> and see, you're you're a little bit older than me, so I don't even remember that. Like Damn. I literally don't even remember that. So that's Damn. what I'm saying. Like the world, <laughs> shit is moving at light speed. Exactly. So I mean, like, I but personally, like to really give a sound like opinion on that, I just don't know, honestly. Yeah. Well, speaking of sound, the uh, reason I called you to come in today, um, as you know. Tory Lanez dropped a new song for that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Kendrick Lamar um, recently dropped his fifth um, label day, um, album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And I called you to help me review this. Um, initial thoughts of it when you first heard it. Um, the only 
the only thing that I'm like disappointed in is the fact that it didn't come with a visual, like mm-hmm. visuals at the same time. Cause this was the first hip hop album that I heard. And I said, yo, this could be played on Broadway. This is for a play. Like this is for, this is cinematic. Like, well, I will say, no, that's not the first time I heard something that sounded cinematic. Like uh, Kanye's albums. My they, beautiful they, Dr. Twister yeah, they have cinematic themes, but this was the first time I heard something that sound like almost Shakespearean theater kind. And I didn't even know Kendrick had that bag in him. Like this is the first time I heard something like that. And then it's just like a, it's like a, it's his most personal album, I feel. You know, I feel like this is really him getting into the nitty gritty of, you know, going from a young man to fatherhood. Like mm-hmm. this is, I mean, he's in this time period, it's so much stuff that's happened since the last time he dropped Damn. Um, a lot of artists that was alive back then. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, and not only that, it's just he, he, I don't think he was a father when Damn dropped. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't a father or he would, his, his wife was pregnant. Either way, he's gotten to the throes of actual fatherhood since that all happened and then him just going through that and i think it also speaks to for a lot of for a lot of black men when you have kids you start to understand that you have to detoxify yourself because we grow up in so many communities we grow up in so many places where it is so toxic damn near radioactive that when you start to have kids and you want to do better by them and do better for yourself you like yo i gotta deal with this like i really have to deal with this because if i don't you know i'm gonna I'm gonna give this to my kids. So it was really, it was so beautiful, man. Like was, I loved it. I guess for me, like you, this was the first time I experienced what probably what people must experience when Stevie Wonder dropped Key Songs of Life or when Absolutely. Michael Jackson dropped Thrill. Like the world stopped. Absolutely. It's like soon as 1150 came, it's like, it was like Y2K all over again. And for see what he did, hear what he did musically, like, the concepts, like, to me, it's like, damn, like, you can't even judge this in the traditional hip-hop album way. Like, no. it, that's when, after I heard it, I'm like, okay, I clearly see the mission that he's on now. Yes. He's not on that mission to pit me in with the, the Jays, the Bigs, the Pox. No, you have to pit me with Stevie Wonder, Prince, you Miles Davis. You have to pit me with that group. Like, he touched on things that, like, you haven't heard since since Sam Cooke came when, when a change going to come. Like, he reset the whole market of how to digest music. And I thought it was, a lot of it was so powerful because, look, we, Kendrick knows who his audience is. It's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, um, straight black men that fuck with his stuff. And the messaging that he had, the way he was talking to mainly us, I just... It was something that I had not heard, and it was so refreshing to hear somebody take that, take that take on just growing up in the hood, on you know for certain songs like Father, what is it called, uh, Father Time, Father Time, yeah. Father Time, where he's really going into the the toxicity that comes with having your father there and him growing up with toxic ways of feeling like he should, you know, which has never been t- like we always hear about. My father wasn't there. Yes, this is the story. And this is, it was good for me because I grew up with my father mm-hmm. and like the stuff he was talking about, how his father influenced him in negative ways, it was so relatable. I mean, I, I couldn't articulately say the way he did, but it's, I felt it. Like he, when he's talking about Kanye and Drake 
piecing it up and he like he just couldn't understand that concept because normally men if I see men we have a problem with another man it's like fuck him it's on site like fuck and, you and the fact that he like for someone like Kendrick who who like who sees the world like who who's able to carmentalize and just piece the world together the Rubik's Cube of the world together and like he couldn't understand that I'm like wow yeah this is one of those albums where um you know like I said, for me personally, like, and I've I fucked with, I've been listening to Kendrick since Section 80, and then I went back and around that time and I listened to his over de- overly dedicated mixtape as well. Mm. And like, I've been I've been a a fan of this guy for as long as possible. And you know, the world has changed so much, and we've we look at so many different things from you know um, different ways of you know the Me Too have came has come out. Uh, different ways of using of viewing massage noir and having different views on LGBTQ um, people. So much has happened since he first came out, and you know the hole that a lot of that I see some artists going is that they keep a certain type of mindset. You know, they kind of stuck in that that prox- formulated, yeah, that formulated, formulaic, um, you know, misogynistic, catering to a certain ignorant kind of mindset. And to hear the growth that he had and on this album was so refreshing because the the people that really listen to Kendrick and are real fans to him are gonna hear what he's talking about and be like, oh damn, I gotta actually, I gotta, I gotta deal with this. Like I actually have to think about this. You know, the the way I'm thinking about the world and the way I'm thinking about other people that live in this world. And I mean, it's just, it was, it was very personal. It was very personal. One of the standouts for me in this, this album was, it was the uncertainty. Yes. Like, he doubted himself. Like, he said, I went through writer's box for two years. Like, as a creative yourself, can you imagine not just having nothing to, for two years? Like, it's hard for me to do something. It's hard for me to turn this, my head, my brain off for five minutes because I'm always thinking about something. To go two years without having anything to write, not being inspired by, like, anything. It's just, that's scary for me. And I think I think he also talks about, like, um, he talks about the toxicity that comes with people expecting stuff from just really just musicians. Like, you know, and not understanding that you have to, we have to put people in their own category. Kendrick wants to be the best artist, the most transcendent artist he can be and give his art to the world. I don't need him to be a, you know, a a banner for, for I, well, what he does, he already talks about black issues. He always talks about those things, but he's an artist, though, at the end of the day. Like, he's a musician, you know, wanting his thoughts on everything that's going on and looking at him as someone that is going to give us the cue on certain things. I don't want to put all that pressure it's on kinda him. It's kind of lazy to me. Yeah, you, you you dehumanize. A lot we do it a lot. We dehumanize people. And you know, oh, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't Kendrick at these uh these protests? Why like we it's just it's toxic. And that's why I was so happy like he didn't come out. Like I don't need to hear him in the time of chaos. I need to hear people that can actually do things yes. in the time of chaos. I need to hear my presence. I need I, to hear my I need to hear them. I don't no offense to Kendrick. Like he I love listening, like you say, he's an artist, but this is not, that was not the time for him. Yes, and, and the fact that we put all that on him and other artists like him, like look what it does to like, for instance, Kanye West. Yeah, look what it did to Kanye. 
Kanye was tripping on a lot of stuff, but we'll get we'll get back to Kanye. No, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. But, no, that's what I mean by the fact that we pitched so much yeah. on him. It 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 gave him the god complex. Yeah, exactly. No, you you you're I, a thousand percent right so on. So the that. fact that like the stuff that he's doing with the mother of his child is like all. Even though recently Pete Davidson is tripping for what he did, but like. <laughs> st still like we empowered Kanye because we believed in him so much to the point that he could come out and say yo I am a god and also too though I will say I will say that um, you know just understanding what like people like a like a Kendrick like a Kanye and you could put Kanye, Kanye is more than deserving being in that conversation absolutely Um, what he meant at, like he literally meant similar or even at that moment in time very very maybe a little bit bigger than what Kendrick represented at the time when he first came out because I'll never forget I'll never forget um I wasn't listening to it at the time but I I came around it as I got older you know a clip on him on Sway talking about homophobia like dog it's not cool to say such and such like there was no rapper saying that like no one was no, no one was out there saying like yo you shouldn't be saying this like that was monumental rapper there was no heterosexual black men period exactly <laughs> there was nobody saying that like and to go back to just putting pressure like I'll never forget even though I some of the stuff that he talks about I I can't really rock with cuz like that like Dave Chappelle but I'll never forget for what it's worth when he was talking about the job, like the the job joke when he was like, yo, you asking like, oh, what this job want? Like, nigga, I'm scared to death. Like, I don't want to know what is 9-11. I'm scared to death. I don't want to hear what the fuck Ja Rule thinks about what's going on with terrorism. Like, he doesn't know. Like, exactly. he has no idea. Like, no one's asking about what about the the president of security. Like, like exactly. I want to like, know what he has to say. Yeah, like, I don't... We just have this weird obsession with people. Like, what do you think about Wade versus Roe? They don't know. I don't. They have no idea. Do you think that comes from the product of like racism that we place so much? Like, for instance, like on I don't know if you listen, like on our last episode, like Darren said, like he don't want to hear certain things like when it comes to like social issues on sports and stuff like that. He like I just wanted to be sports, but as history has shown us, those are the only platforms like from music to sports that. Are, prominent black people could actually present these issues to the black community. Well, you also have to understand, though, that those people that are in those communities, they, like, while, yes, I kind of do get people being like, I just wanted to be all sports, but the people, like in basketball, you don't think those black people in the sport have real family that go through certain things, mm -hmm. that they live in the world. They, racism is around the world. You don't think they have things to yeah, say about it? It don't. It don't turn off because of. Yeah, it doesn't turn off. Just like, go ahead. I'm sorry, but like, like my friends, like they be saying they don't want politics in certain things. But I'm like, politics it's, isn't everything. It's always politics is always going to be. That's how we was able to be in these sports because of certain policies had to be changed. So do you get do you get upset when they like play the? Um, pledge allegiance at games like do you this is bullshit why are we like you don't say that because it's that's politics that like so politics is literally a part of our lives you know wanting to just exit it out because you want to go into a a a bit of escapism like no i don't i don't yeah. agree with that um but, uh, back to the kendrick what was another like for me another track that stood out to me was um and this for some strange reason i'm seeing it on Social media, I don't know if you've seen it too, or just period people talk about it so divisive, Auntie Diaries. Yes. Um, I thought that that was an amazing track. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with that track. It's a very, this whole album just has so many themes playing in it. Um, but that track, 
in itself was monumental. Now, this is me speaking as a straight black man. To hear a track like that where he goes in, it, I'm almost certain as a Kendrick fan that it's done purposely to misgender, to, um, to dead name, to do all these different things when it comes to his aunt. Well, I'm sorry, to come to his uncle uh, and, his, and his cousin. He does all those things to show his, his progression through moving, through being completely ignorant based on how we grow up and the things that we listen to, to fully, to somewhat fully understanding that this is my family. And um, I seen a tweet that was talking about, he was speaking to, excuse me, uh-huh. he was speaking to to young black men because where they may not, you have to understand that the way a lot of us grew up with our family members that were trans, were LGBTQ, their emphasis is their their world is different than the world now. A lot of them were not as heavy in um, as on people about their pronouns and their dead naming them. They were not as aggressive about it as they are today. So the way, even the way he grew up with his family member is it is different today. But I appreciate the fact of him going through that and giving us that, and at the end, just basically saying like, "Dog, like it's not cool." But but what I am seeing and I am a little annoyed by is that just like that, we have other straight people that do not live that lifestyle that are telling the people that live that lifestyle that they are wrong for feeling the type of way when he uses certain F words, when he uses the F word, when he's misgendering, even though they get the con, even though people are saying, well, I don't think you get the concept. No, I think a lot of them do get the concept. They're just saying they do not care because they do not like that type of language being said. You don't know what triggers people. That you, you, the importance of words, people always underestimate the importance of words. Exactly. And that is my issue. I, I have my own interpretation of it, but I have no right to go to someone else and say, you're not allowed to be upset. Because I said it before, if I heard Jack Harlow on the track talking about his journey through racism because he grew up in Kentucky and he uses the N-word, we have a problem, bro. We have a problem. Especially after we saw that video of the black men carrying him across the... Yes. Well, yeah, we would have had a huge... We, we, we have a, we have we, a huge problem. To, stay there. Uh, to pivot Go and ahead. keep it into that, that realm, um, recently a lot of people has problems with entertainment trying to have representation of the LGBTQ community. Do you do you have a like a problem? Do you think they overdoing it? Or t- to me, I don't think they're overdoing it. I just I think they're it's a, a recognition. It's just that like for, like for instance, in the sixties and seventies, when Sidney Poitier was getting top billing, it was a whole bunch of white people saying, "Yo, why, why is this exactly. like it's their turn now?" I, my, I won't even say their turn because that sounds a bit insensitive. It's that we're finally recognizing that. When these people are entertained by our our product, and we want them to feel comfortable watching our product by having some type of form of representation of them here. Yes, and I I think there's like two ways to look at it. So first of all, no, there's not there there. I do not feel that there's um over representation. There's really under representation. You know, you Agreed. watch. The, yeah, you do not see just a whole bunch of uh you know cartoons just displaying lgbtq community and a lot of times even the things that they do in those movies are offensive because a lot of people just don't give a fuck about knowing what how that community interacts they have their own depictions a lot of times it's 
it's, it's I'm not gonna say a lot of times, but sometimes you have straight people that are giving their depictions of how they view LGBTQ, and that is a problem in itself. So it's not. And it's they not, did that a lot in Hollywood, like Asians, us. Exactly. So it's not. It's not under. It's not over representation. It's under representation. But also too, you have to understand, like, I mean, it's capitalism too. Like, bro, like, do you think they? You you think those execs back in the sixties and stuff were putting black people in those movies because they felt like, well, black people need to be representation? No, they saw it as another demographic they can get capital from. Exactly. So it's same the, here. It's the same thing. You have you with with more people starting to talk about LGBTQ community. Big corporations see dollar signs because they're like, yo, this is a we could tap into a whole nother demographic. It's more money. So a lot of it is just economics. People look at it from a morality standpoint, which it is not. It's not really a morality thing. That's why you have these people like they have this agenda. They want to make no, they want to make money. They want to make more money. So they're looking to get as many, you know, different demographics as they can. Their whole thing is their bottom line. So that's how I view that. But no, from if you're looking at it from a moral standpoint, even if you're talking about it from a moral standpoint, I just have a problem with that. Like, cause what the fuck? Like, what people is the definition let, of moral? Yeah, let, like people should people should should absolutely live their lives. They should have representation of the lives that they're living. Like, these are people that you see every day, and I just don't get. I'm not gonna say I don't get. I understand why. I I understand, but I just think it is just. Very narrow-minded that a lot of people it's so, are. It's selfish thinking to me because, like, exactly, you think you're the only person that you that need to be represented, or not represent. You the only person that need to be entertained. Like, oh, I don't want to see that shit. I don't want to hear that. Shit. Like, dog, you're not the only one that's watching this. Who are you? Like, trust. If you turn off your TV, the ratings don't get. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. hurt. Like, and I just seen so many podcasts. Like, you have so many podcasts. You have so many people getting rich, or you know, just getting um. Because every time something happens, there's going to be a anti-group about it anyway. So you have people that are really getting rich off of just, you know, talking talking mess about these different communities and how they're getting top billing and they're, you know, they're, they're over-representation. They're, you know, they're not going to, they're, they're taking up every, like... And the crazy thing weird. about it, if you, watch, if you watch the movie or watch the TV show, they don't even spend that much time on it. They let it flow. Yes. For example, we were talking about, on the off-camera, we were talking about um, Doctor Strange, like... Bro, like they they showed her mother, they showed her mothers for probably damn near twelve seconds and kept it moving. No kid, like and I and I and I always I talk about this stuff. Like we grew up, like we were talking off camera. We grew up with Johnny Bravo. We grew up with Hey Arnold, where Helga is explicitly showing how she has a mad love for this guy Hey Arnold. If you put that in, if they put if they show LGBTQ today, they would say, oh, you're trying to program kids. And like, so what do you think Hey Arnold and Johnny Bravo was doing? Helga was saying wild things about that's how Arnold I mean. made her feel. Like, so, I was like that was erotic. That was erotic thriller. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Like, like when people like the whole, oh, nobody's trying to see the whole gate. I'm like, dude, you watch porn. It's a dick there. <laughs> you literally are watching porn with a dick. Like you, you are literally pleasuring yourself watching another man pleasure somebody. Like, but you don't want to see, like, make it make sense. But before I go into that tangent, just get back to the kid. Making sense out of nonsense. <laughs> nonsense theory. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but what was some other tracks that stood out to you? Okay, so I loved um, N95. The beat was crazy. Video just dropped. Yeah, too. I just saw that. The video was crazy. But one thing I will say about the video, even though the video looks ridiculous, mm -hmm. 
I kind of noticed that it doesn't look like it's in sync. Like he's not when he's mouthing the words, like it doesn't sound like he's rapping the song. So it looks like they pulled footage from something else and put it in the video. I'm not sure if that's done purposely. I'll probably I'm a Kendrick fan, so I'm going to research it and find out what's the meaning behind it. But we got to do what most Kendrick fans. So yeah, it's done purposely. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, so that was something that was interesting to me. But yeah, so I liked N95. Um, I liked uh, obviously fa- uh, fa- Father Times. I liked um, Purple Heart. Oh, I, yeah, so we, I, have, we have to have a deep dive. Where I loved Purple Heart. I loved Count Me Out. I loved Savior, and I love Savior Interlude and Auntie Diaries. I loved and um, what was it was another song too that I liked. Mom, I'm sober. Yes, 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 yes. The, the tearjerker one, bro. It, so he was, yo, he was getting in it, bro. Like he was getting. So those are the those are the songs I absolutely love, and a lot of the other songs I was I was I was cool on. This album for me, it really wasn't about is he gonna give me bangers. Like no, like I don't go to Kendrick really to give me bangers, even though he has bangers. Like N95 is a banger. Savior is a banger. Like those, and like you said, everything don't has to be like every. We have to stop grouping artists because one artist do this, every artist have to do that. Yes, like we have to like how I you have to understand each artist has a different mission what mm-hmm. they're trying to convey to you. Absolutely. Like, like when you listen to a J album, I'm not. I mean, even though he give you hits, but that's not the mission of his albums. His mission is I was just yo ownership of your take pride in what you produce out there, and understand that it's yours. Same thing, Kendrick, like. Vulnerability is is a theme for Kendrick, which we exhibit on this whole album, which was, like I said, was is a beautiful piece of art. But Purple Hearts, shut the fuck up when you hear love talking. Come on, man. Come on now. Like, why he take the keys? (laughs) Oh, oh, oh! Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up! I didn't even bring it up. We didn't even say anything about we cry together. Oh. We didn't even say nothing about we cried Taylor Page. Taylor Page? We worship you. <laughs> Bro, I didn't even know. I'm like, sorry. That, I know now. That right there was... Like, just going through the toxicity that... But it's like almost damn near like... It was like... First of all, the toxicity that usually goes on in those arguments is not even that deep. So, But the deepness of the toxicity, like... You know, him, her basically showing, like, how he's just very nonchalant, how he's not taking into consideration her feelings, you know, and it's going on to deeper issues. She, I mean, God damn it, motherfucker said something about R. Kelly in it. I was like, where, I don't, Harvey Weinstein, I don't get it. I don't. And what's crazy was, like, he kept on blaming her for shit that, like, she was saying what he was doing to her. And the way it ended, like, it was a message to black men for black women, stop tap dancing around the conversation. Exactly. That's Which, not ta- and I, and I feel like that was a big part of this album too. Like we not going, I'm not going to tap dance around it. Like we saying, like yo, for real, fuck cancel culture. Like yo, cancel culture is not doing its proper job. Like, like well, speaking of, that, how do you view cancel culture? I I think it's all right. There are first of all, this is how fucking weird. Like, can I mean capitalism is too? Because motherfuckers are now making money off of being anti-cancel culture like that is a tagline now like <laughs> oh i'm going to i am i'm against the mob but blah, blah, blah. like no it, cancel culture really is not that real like if you have a certain amount of money like yeah if you say some bullshit if someone finds out that you know you were 
you were sexually assaulting somebody, you were saying very racist or anti-Semitic things, you were talking, you were being extremely homophobic, phobic. Yes, a a big section of that population is going to make a big fuss about it and try to get you up out of here. But we've seen it time and time again. The big name artists, like, do you really think like Dave Chappelle is getting any like no, real vote? He's being praised. He's more. being praised for the stuff that he is talking about, even though a lot of stuff. And I'm sorry, Dave, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. But, like, even just just now, he got attacked. He, he got attacked. And at the, in, the, in the end, joking, he says, that was a trans man. That was not a trans man. So, like, I that's, mean, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Words could be so important. Because now, guess what? When you see, if you go to a show, and you see a trans person, whoever might be inspired by Dave Chappelle, we got to fuck that trans person up. Yeah, like... So, and I don't mean you trans person to be disrespectful that way. So, no, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. and so we don't... That's what I'm saying. Like, in the time period, like, Kevin Samuels had a million followers. A million subscribers on YouTube. Their cancel culture is only but so real. Really what happens, to be honest with you, is that people create a demographic and they may say something that upsets that demographic. Like, if Kevin Samuels said, if Kevin Samuels started reading bell hooks, he would have got canceled. <laughs> if Kevin Samuels started talking, started talk, taking feminist talking points, he would have got canceled. Uh-huh. In actuality, he's telling the truth. He's talking about a lot of stuff that is real, but he would have got canceled because it goes against his demographic. If, if Rush Limbaugh, when he was living, if he would have started talking about Malcolm X or Marcus Garvey or racism, he would have got canceled. So what happens is not, it's not so much that people are being canceled by the greater population. It's that a lot of times that the demographics they're talking about were fans of them. And they said something, they're like, oh, you're you're wildin'. So that's just what it is. My issue with cancel culture is that they want them to can't. I think my issue with cancel culture is that people that want people to get canceled, they personalize the shit. And all, they don't want them to cancel the stuff that need to be canceled. Mm. Like, like I said it before in the last episode, like, Juneteenth is coming. White co-workers are going to get paid for that federal holiday. Yeah, true. They're going to... Um, or like the whole Amber Heard shit with Johnny Depp. She literally said, you could tell anyone I'm abusing you, nobody's going to believe you. And was bold enough to record it. I mean, look, though, I, I haven't really... I really haven't gone deep into the the Amber Heard thing. I know that it's a big thing now. No, I'm just talking about the things that like cancel, like we the things that we should be targeting with cancel culture. We should not be because to me, I believe, and I could be ignorant to it. Cancel culture started off with people digging deep into what people were saying five, seven years ago, and then wanting to cancel them now. Yeah, I mean, it depends on. To me, it really does depend on what you were saying, and also to the legitimacy of your of your um, growth. Yeah, your growth and you know you apologize some stuff you just i mean look we live in a we live in a big world we live in the internet age now you have to understand when you say something that you know if it's on the anything internet, you say will be using <laughs> but but i always believe in i just want to give people the grace of growth because like i'm 33 yeah. i know the shit that i was saying when i was 16 i know how i was viewing the opposite sex at 21 absolutely I mean, Absolutely. I don't view them that way now, thirty, because I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm more grown, I'm, I'm more mature now. So like, I don't think it's fair if you hold someone at the age of thirty for what they said at sixteen. Yeah, look, I and I totally agree with that because to me, 
even though I grew up in the social media age, like it's certain things I didn't partake in and I didn't just put all my thoughts on on social media. If I did, a lot of people would look at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what were you on back in the day? So I, I totally understand that. I think that you do have to give great people the grace for growth. Um, I will say in today's time now, a lot of people do not like to, they don't like to admit when they're wrong because there is such a demographic now that is being emboldened for people to stay in ignorance, you know, to stay and no, you, what's the call? You can't give in to the mob. You can't like, no, bro. Like It's called accountability. Like, dog, you were talking, you were saying that Hitler was right. Dog, give it up. Like, you were wrong. Like, you know, because I remember when the whole when the whole Joe Rogan thing was happening and he was apologizing and there were white people like, yo, you shouldn't be apologizing. What? You, you What you mean? Don't give in to the, like, what are you talking about? I didn't understand that. Like, the dude had, like, what, how many episodes just... Saying some of that shit, he was profiting off of that shit, bro. Only, and then he gave you a bullshit apology. He basically apologized for you hearing it, not only you saying it. Yo, this this dude was on was on his podcast saying that when he went to the hood, he was in Planet of the Apes. So, so like, and then said, "Yeah, I would never say such and such." Yes, you would, because we have it in 4K. Not well, that was like 2009, so it probably wasn't 4K. We have it in multiple episodes. Yeah, I was about to say we we yeah 1080p. That's, that's what we had. We could actually sample it and make a song out of it. Yeah. So yes, Joe, you you were saying that you black did people. it, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> you did it, Joe. You you were you were saying black people were apes. Yeah, so exactly. don't act willfully ignorant and say, "Well, I didn't." I, like, what you mean you didn't know, bro? And and, that, and that's my problem. Like Joe Rogan wasn't saying that when he was 18. Dog, he was like 40. Exactly. He was 40 years old. Talking like that. And the only disheartening thing about that was, and this is what I don't like about our community, because we see someone that's prominent, that look like us, stand next to people like that. Oh, he's cool. Yeah, like I seen that UFC fighter go up and say like, yo, Joe Rogan's my nigga. I'm like, well, obviously I can't beat your ass, but <laughs> <laughs> obviously I can't do it. But someone need to kick you in the face because come on, dog, like what are you talking about? Like, no, that's not cool. You know, look, I get I, I get the idea of when you say something wrong, people pull up your old stuff that you say. Yes. Is that kind of whack? Yes, I guess it is kind of whack. But that's I mean, why I tell Bensky, like, yo, delete every old episode I have. <laughs> yo, every. and some people get passes. Like when you do something, some people get passed. Yo, Prince Harry, he gets a pass. Bro had on a whole Hitler, had a whole, had a whole Hitler fit, like no, well, Nazi I, fit. What's that dude that was on the show Cheers? What was his name? Uh, I forgot his name. Who started Cheers? He came in blackface with Whoopi Goldberg. We gave him a pass for that. Like, it depends on how far back you go, what, what's your demographic. And that's what I'm saying. It's all about demographic, though. Like, it's all about demographic. Like, that's from, so that was probably in the 80s. His fans is... Our grandparents, though, our, or our, our 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 parents, so they like okay, that was just what it was back in the day. And like I said, a lot of stuff that slid back in the day, like you know, it was what it was. Shit, Howard Stern was in blackface, so I mean, Howard Stern was saying wow, shit. and Howard Stern—that's what I'm saying. But Howard Stern now, what he was able to do, I just don't know how you do that. I guess his audience just grew because Howard Stern is like a very very a, different when it comes to media personalities. He's D1. Yes. He, D1. And his, 
But I think because he was so big, he knew he had to switch. He had to switch because Howard Stern is not really on that shit like that no more. No. You know, but. So what happened to Don Imus? F that guy. Like, I mean, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, like, and, and that goes to the whole, like, um, it goes to the whole, even the, the Kevin Samuels thing. I didn't even want to say anything about it. But no, we're going to get into that. Every, yeah, go every, ahead. As far as like the Kendrick I was like one, it's it's an insult to Kendrick that we give a real review because it just came out. Yes, yeah. This yes. is just our initial review. Yes. And we did a pretty good job that but we recently did have off um pre production a conversation about Kevin Kevin Samuels. Uh, when you heard that uh he transitioned, what was your thoughts? I didn't have any feelings. Like, I don't... I hear a lot of people saying, like, wishing death. I don't think anybody was wishing death on him. He died. Like, he just died. Like, and people's like, oh... The way he died, too. Yeah, like... I find... I'm not laughing at death. I laugh at irony. I mean, look. Like I I said, for me personally, like, I didn't feel any type of way. Like, I wasn't... It didn't stop my Tuesday. Yeah, it didn't stop my Tuesday. Like, but also, too, like, Kevin Samuels, for that one clip y'all talk about... Well, he talked about men too. Yes, bring up the one clip that he has, but whatever. He wasn't talking to me. He was, well, he wasn't talking about me. He was talking mostly about black women, you know? And when you, I've always said this, like, you do not get to be a menace in real life and spit venom and spit, you know, just radioactive toxic rhetoric and then think that when you lit, when you die, you get the grace of respect. You get the grace of respect. Do you? Like, look, some of the toxic stuff that DMX had in his rhymes, some of the toxic stuff that we've seen from other people, did you hear anybody coming out talking bad about DMX when he died? No, because for all, because people knew he was a flawed individual. And he also apologized for those things. He's apologized for it. And he, he was, everybody had kind things to say about because they say he was a kind person. Not to mention when he died. I believe he was the same age as Kevin Samuels. A little, Kevin Samuels a little bit is, younger. A little bit younger. Look, Kevin Samuels is at an older age in saying this shit. And my, I guess my, and my problem with Kevin Samuels was always the woman that he speak of that he desired is a woman from a, a lifetime ago that don't exist no more. No woman right now just want to be identified as a wife or a mother. And that was... That's limited. That's the weird thing about it is because... But that's why I said, uh, and we was having the conversation off camera. And, you know, at first they were saying, like, do you think Kevin Samuels is necessary? And when, 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 as soon as I heard that, I'm like, hell no, they're not necessary. See how words could be triggered? Word. (laughs) But when they broke it down on my, on the idea of like, yo, he showed just how effed up dudes think about stuff. Like where their minds is when it comes to the woman that they think they want or you know the 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 idea of what a woman is in today's society like it showed how flawed it is and i, I think we don't really and women showed flawed for them well too. yes for the for willfully a lot of them willfully participating in that you know in that abuse because it that the language that he was speaking was it's straight up abusive like i people get so caught up like oh well you're just mad because he was saying you know First of all, saying that women over 35 are leftovers, I mean, that's, th- that's a wild that's statement. Wild. Like, that's what I'm saying. This man has a million subscribers on YouTube. He says stuff like that. That is wild. But that's not even the tip of the iceberg on why I do not rock with this guy. I don't rock with this guy because he talks about he's never seen domestic violence. Black women aren't being aren't being uh, aren't affected by domestic violence. 
disproportionately and how when he did see it, it was a man and a woman fighting each other. Like just straight up ignorant, narrow minded rhetoric saying that if a woman believes her daughter when she says that her that her mother's boyfriend is looking at her inappropriately and saying that that is a red flag on the mother because she because one because kids can lie putting that rhetoric out to your subscribers is radioactive and toxic also saying that black women are mathematically less attractive than other races of women is just i i can't even get into how yeah i see the passion in your voice i can't get into how toxic that rhetoric is and people have the nerve the nerve the unmitigated gall to look at black women like they are wrong for being not being not feeling no type of way and some of them celebrating the fact that he passed on no i don't do stuff like that i don't that's not my stilo that's not how i get down but if you if you talk about me and my people I'm not like, expecting the Jew to celebrate Hitler's birthday. I'm not, bro. You don't get no flowers from me, bro. You lucky you just got off with that. Only thing I felt bad for in that situation is, regardless of who he is, what he said is, no mother should find out someone that she gave birth to died that way. I mean, that's 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 not that's 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 wrong. I I, I do hate that for like her. that's the one that I feel sorry for as far as like because to find out though. Not only did the whole world find out about your son's death before you, but the whole world is something like you seen your son trending. You think your son got like another million subscribers or something just to find out, yo, he dead. Yeah, he, he, I mean, to me, and all I can say about that, that's unfortunate. It's no, really no, unfortunate. it's really unfortunate. Very, that's the only thing I felt sorry for. But and I used to, because I have friends that like Kevin Sanders, and they were like, oh, you you not listen to his overall mess. He want better for black. Well, we keep forgetting words mean something. What better does he like? What are you talking the, about? It's all about the. It's all about delivery. But but but, but I, like <laughs> I I need a second. No, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like I need a second because I'm just like, what are you talking about, bro? What in his rhetoric has he talked about that is even constructive? Like, what is he talking about when you talk about he was trying to, like, they talk about this dude like he was Sam Cooke, like he was Malcolm X, like he was Huey P. Kwame Nkrumah or something like that. Like, yeah, Huey P. Like, bro, and his rhetoric is not even new. It, it, it it's not, not new. Shahrazad Ali was saying it, stuff like this the, 30 years ago. Shit. George Jefferson on the Jeffersons was but saying I shit said like it. this. You know, niggas don't read. Read the room. They do not read the room. They don't even know the stuff he talking about is not new, bro. What's crazy and what I find that the people that was fans of him and was people that don't even associate with women. Yeah, they're agreeing with this man play this against women. That whole incel culture is like a whole nother a whole nother bag of worms that I can't even really get into right now. But yes, it is a lot of times <laughs> you you see that these cats are not even like Bro, do you even talk, like when a woman comes into the room, you have all this smoke, but when a woman comes into the room, you instantly don't say nothing. No eye contact on your phone. Like, like her you, pictures on Instagram. Yes. That's nasty. If she's in the room with you, you like her pictures on You Instagram. see her on Instagram. Don't even follow her. Hit her up. I saw you at the park. Like, dog, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about Kevin Samuels, bro. Like, don't talk to That's me, bro. Nasty. Yeah, I saw you at the party. It's nasty work, bro. <laughs> like these dudes, but that's the thing. A lot of dudes, like, bro, like they don't 
they don't have the they don't have the the they don't have enough of whatever they need to courage whatever it may be to go up and actually talk and converse with women like a lot of them don't talk to women but that's because the way they view women they don't think women are worthy of having conversation why would i even talk to women they're emotional they don't know like just oh my god i hate that that whole idea ideology that women are more emotional than men like that is the dumbest piece of sh- We literally watching sports, a man cried getting a trophy for putting the ball in the hoop. Bro, it's so, like, and that's that's the, like, the problem I be having because you don't understand when you say, like, first of all, that's offensive to women. That's just, a, that's just, first of all, it's offensive to women. But second of all, you don't understand, you, you dehumanize yourself. Because if you view emotion as being something that is feminine, when you have that, because for a man... You know, for a man, if he is not masculine, then what is he? Is he human? Yeah. I mean, like, so. And what is the definition of a, a masculine man? It's in today's time, it is very narrow. Like, it is it's extremely more than just narrow. like, like I so said, we we're describing the the woman that we are describing are women that don't exist no more. I'm not going to say they don't exist. I mean, anymore. it's not as prevalent to a woman's lifestyle anymore. But we have so many. The world, the world is so big, so much big. I mean, so much big. What am I talking about? But the world is so much bigger than how we viewed it thirty, like, bro, ten years ago. How we viewed it, like, dog, like, why are you, damn, back in the good old days, dog. What are you talking about? Like, you sound like dudes that used to get upset when women wore pants. Like, that's how you sound. <laughs> like. You, like <laughs> Like these women today are just crazy, man. Uh, Wearing hey. pants and like, dog, what? Like you don't want a woman to help you pay the mortgage? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it goes into the idea that men aren't supposed to ask for help. As a man, like, yo, bro, I went through it. Like with my brand and stuff like that. Like my girl, she is hella creative, a straight up artist out the ass. But because I was so narrow-minded and I feel like, well, she's not going to respect me if I can't come up with this by myself. Struggling like hell. Can't do shit. Writer, creative block like a motherfucker. But I got my manhood. Like, nah, bro. Like, ain't no, it's nothing, it's no, it's no honor in that, bro. Like, it's no honor in that. It reminds me of just like cats that feel like, you know, like you, like you, like I was saying, you don't want to ask for help. You don't want to pay the bills. You worked 30 fucking years all overtime, can't even get out of bed. Sore. <laughs> but I'm a man. Like, dog, nah, dog. You can't even spend time with your grandkids. Like, nah, bro. Can't like, outside play catch or nothing because you hurt, you sore because you did all the work yourself and you was just worried, did she make dinner? Exactly. So, I mean, it's a whole, you could have a whole, man, it's a whole episode you could just do yeah, on that, but it's, but on it's a, wild. On a positive note, to bring it back um, in your working relationship with your significant other, how is that? Bro, it's been like, um, and we just, we, we moved in together not like not too long ago. And, you know, things that happen when you think about just moving in with a partner and like how that's going to affect, like, bro, it's been the best experience I've had. And obviously it's just new. So you, you have that. No, but we've gone, like, we've gone through that. Like, yo, like, I like this. Like, I like the way we work together. And we just know each other. Like, we know what we like. Um, she knows what I'm into. We just have a we have a very strong working relationship. And like I said, like for me, a lot of rhetoric you hear when you grow up is like, well, you shouldn't work with you know your significant other because blah 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 blah. But a lot of it, I just saw that it was just a lot of my ego. So 
Um, for me, I what I, was the, brought you to that? What what experience brought you to humble yourself? The art was suffering. The art was suffering, you know. Um, and this is something that I'm passionate about. Like mm-hmm. I I wanted to pick I wanted to pick my neighborhood. I wanted to pick Newark, um, and I want to put it in a creative artistic way i want to show my clothes in a certain type of way and when i saw that that was that was suffering and that my girl was persistent like she wasn't going to stop until like i really saw like yo like you need to let me help you with this and just me like in the last couple years like i really start i started getting more and more and more into like just uh just listening to a lot of more women creatives like listening to that, and then that brought me to listening to and reading um, a lot of different, a lot of different books. You know, um, a lot of different uh, feminist writing. And I was always, I'm always been an understanding person. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been um, someone that was willing to hear and willing to learn. I always had a, a curious ear. So, also understanding with the art. I have to expand my mind. If I don't expand my mind with the art that I'm trying to put out, it won't reach the people that I want it to reach. Mm-hmm. It will exclude people. You know, it will it will be it will be looked at as just boxed in. And I'm like, nah, I'm trying to our community is so big. You know, it's so many different identities in our community that don't get the love, that don't get to be talked about, that don't get to be in put in certain positions. So I thought that the first step for me to do that is, yo, I got to let my, I got to, first of all, it just made sense. But second of all, it's like, nah, like if I'm going to be about this, I got to put my girl, she got to be involved with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. How so, long yeah. have you been dating? Six years. Six years. Oh, Congratulations. Nah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, how y'all met? Um, Literally through Instagram, bro. The power of social media. Yes, for real. Like I seen, I saw her page on one day and it's so crazy because we weren't following and we didn't have any mutual followers, like none. Like I didn't know anybody that she was associated with, but I seen her page and I'm just like, yo, I literally DM'd her like, yo, who are you? Oh. And I and I and I, I put a disclaimer after that. Now, if your initial reaction is like, nigga, who are you? <laughs> I'm just saying that because I really fuck with your page and I, you know, I would want to get to know more about what you got going on. Cause you have like different art up and stuff like that. So um, just from there, we really just kicked it and it's been a, it's been a ball ever since, bro. Yeah. yeah basically the black, you got Mel. <laughs> now nah, for real. No, no, no bullshit. No, no That's bullshit, man. I got to start doing that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> just start this going like, Hey. That's it. Don't worry. <laughs> Not even like, just, Hey, <laughs> who are you? Nah, don't worry about that. <laughs> Well, but oh, besides that, in fashion, what are the other things you're into? Um, I love film, bro. Like I'm, a, I love film. I, I love... We need to invite you on our Q, our Q and Q reviews. Oh man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Absolutely. Like I, I love different films. I'm, I'm actually Max. I haven't seen The Norseman, um, yet, and I heard that that movie was ridiculous, and I'm love it. Gotta go see that. You know the other stuff he have done too, right? Who, who's the director? He's the same dude that directed The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe. Oh, no, no, no. See, because when I was watching the movie, see, I didn't, that's what I'm saying. It looked good to me. So I just, I'm like, I got to see that already off rip. I didn't really research who was all behind it. But now I'm just, all right. I, you, you, what's it called? I was going already. Now I have to find my ticket and like yeah. really go. He so. does, he's, 
he has done great movies from Lighthouse, The Witch. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love The Witch. The Witch yeah. was such a good movie. It's the way he used the, his the camera, oh, my man. That so, is, so yeah, so I'm I'm really into like uh, I like film. I'm I'm not gonna say I'm a full on Quentin Tarantino geek geek about film, but no, I really do. I like film. I you know I like looking at different types of film and music. I really love music. I like listening to a lot of different music. Yeah, you put me on um dude the other day. I don't, JPEG. Um, yeah. Oh god, JPEG Mafia, different bro. Like yeah. so I and I, I and I love that. Like I don't like to just box myself into just listening to hip hop, even though hip hop has expanded. So like the genre is just it's a world of its own, but I like to listen to a lot of different stuff. Japanese jazz, you know, um, what's it called? Different, just different. I, I mean, I don't really rock with K-pop like that. I tried, but it, <laughs> I'm I like I said from the jump, I am curious. I will listen to almost almost anything. Yeah, same thing. I just don't do country. Sorry. Really? No, I don't do country. Oh, give it a try. Country, it's some good country. I said music. I'm curious, so I'm I, I will I will try to lend a uh, some good country like it's some good country music out there. I I will I will see I will see what's out there. I will see what's out there. I but, can't recommend you no names. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I look. I just know I listen to a country song. I thought I was about to say, "Yo, Kenny Chesney is actually kind of like." Bro. Uh, I was about to start making up names. <laughs> <laughs> Tim McGraw, you should act like a dog. Nah, fuck Tim McGraw. <laughs> fuck him and Chuck Norris. Don't ask me why, but fuck those two. <laughs> How did Chuck Norris catch a stray? I didn't even know Cuz to dinner. I'm tired of Chuck Norris, man. I'm tired of this, this myth. I actually like I actually liked Walker Texas Ranger, but uh, Bruce okay. Lee kicked his ass. <laughs> everybody tell me Chuck Norris could do this. Chuck, he ain't Batman. I do remember those memes though, like that. I remember the height of those memes with them Chuck Norris memes. He told like, me the reason the moon's half a moon because Chuck Norris took a bite out of a cookie and <laughs> left it outside. Like what? Come on now. The myth of the great Chuck Norris, I guess. Uh, what was the other topic that we was discussing off mic? Uh, we was talking about... You, did you see Doctor Strange? Yeah, I saw Doctor Strange. How did you feel about it? It was cool. I mean, I really... It was had a like, classic Sam Raimi's ending. Huh? Classic Sam Raimi's Yes, ending. it was absolutely a classic Sam Raimi ending. Um, I love Sam Raimi, but I mean, I just... The movie was... It was cool. Like, I mean, it was just... For me, Doctor Strange really don't really do it like me. Do it for me. Like, he's not he's not really my cup of tea. I like the first Strange movie, I guess because it was an origin movie, and I just wanted to see how they would incorporate him into the universe. The second film is just like, eh, I, I guess. It was, it, was, it was cool. You watched Moon Knight? No, I actually did not watch Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, no, I've heard Moon Knight is actually ridiculous, and I actually do need to watch it. It's really good, bro. The way I work, I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm proud of my, I pat myself on the back when I'm actually able to finish episodes of things. So I, <laughs> I don't have, I really don't be having the time between that and getting my brand together and trying to find pieces, trying to find ideas for stuff, different stuff, and also eat and <laughs> <laughs> eat and catch a a decent sleep pattern. Like it's just a, no, I, it's a I, lot. I have bro. a shitty sleep pattern. I can only, I literally sleep for two hours every day. That's not healthy. So, <laughs> so like that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's a lot. Like I don't even begin. My brain is just always working. Like I can't have idle time. If I have idle time, I overthink. I just, I need to be. I, I need to fall asleep. I just can't say, yo, you're going to sleep. Speaking of things that I tuned in that I have not finished yet, but I'm thoroughly impressed with. Have you? Did you see the remake of uh, Bel Air? No, oh, no. Did you see Beller? I was never a fan of Fresh Prince to begin with. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, I used to get mad when people say Fresh Prince was better than Martin. I I, 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 I don't like. I, all right, all right. I will be one of those people because I'm not a big fan of Martin. Honestly, 
I'm I'm not I'm not I, I'm sorry. Some to me some of the jokes some of the jokes don't age well. Oh look my at, god! I look back at it like uh okay I guess like I'm not wow. I'm just not a big I'm sorry I'm just not a big I'm not a big. We were still so great, man. <laughs> it's like when you lead the series three to one. Like yeah, we just need to score to get, go to the. We, yeah, I was much more of a I was like the movies that I'm not movies the uh, sitcoms from back then that I was like big on. I was like a more of a, like a Wayne Brothers. Yeah, I love Wayne, uh, Brothers. Wayne Brothers. A Boy Meets World. Love. Uh, I don't really like that many black sitcoms that came out in the nineties. Really? It, 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 well, it was a lot of them. You had um, what, what's the one with LL Cool J in the house? I, you, I loved it because I was a fan of Debbie Allen. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of in the house. It was it was Jamie a lot of Fox show. I like Malcolm and um Eddie. Malcolm See, I didn't like black sitcoms back then because to me they all follow the same shtick, like mm. the physical. Like I like black comedies now because it, it one we're in the rooms now, right? Yeah, shit. And and two, it's like the comedy that we have now, even in our movies, it shows us just as normal people. Yes, and that was my that, and that's what I'm saying. Like when I look back at some of the Martin stuff, I just don't. I mean, Martin's the exception. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you said what? Martin's the exception. Man. <laughs> Season five, season five, I'm with you. Season five was a piece of shit. <laughs> season one through three is some of the, is some great comedy, man. Uh, I have to go back and look at some. No, some of the jokes are funny. Let me not, let me not just completely. No, no, it's some shit he said was wild, like, like, and I was spending a short time like that one episode where they all had to share the car, and he was like saying which day people could get the car, and he looked at Pam and said, "Yo, you get it on hump day," and he looked at her ass. In front of you, I'm like, yeah, you could not do that in real life. <laughs> it, it's just, okay. I, the Shanene, I'm just. I mean, like I said, in the 90s, everything was limited. It's a, it's it was a different. Just, it was a limited. Different. Like, you watch Atlanta? No, I actually have not watched Atlanta. I stopped. I, I, I haven't watched it after episode I heard three. This, I heard this this third. It's, it's um, season it's, three? Season three and there's one more season. I heard, I heard, I heard the third good? season is really dark. I heard it's been very dark. I was like, shit. But, like, the first one started about talking about Lake Lanier. Like, damn. Ooh. So I uh, yeah, I'm gonna um I I'm gonna catch that when I can, but uh yeah, I haven't I haven't got a chance to get into Atlanta, but everybody's been giving me um, you know, just awesome reviews about it. I yeah. love I love Insecure. I, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Insecure, I love Insecure. It yeah. didn't save my relationship, but I love Insecure. <laughs> I'm I'm always gonna be in debt to Issa for the way she displayed black men in that. That whole thing, exactly. Like, she didn't take a side. She like she really, you could tell that she literally really thought through the different, like just taking black men out of this weird kind of just jagged, um, well narrow minded viewpoint of how they look. It was just so many different, you know, depictions of black man manhood, and also the ways that um. The ways that we limit it, like ways that sometimes women limit black men when it comes to their viewpoints of how they view them and not giving them a chance to branch out or accepting when they want to um, break from that traditional masculine yeah. Um, archetype. I don't, yeah, I'm in love with Issa Rae. Yeah. She's, like, she can't do no wrong to She's me. married, so. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm fucking. Listen, man. That's what they invented assassination for. <laughs> <laughs> And kidnapped and Jesus, all. black on black crime? Listen, man. That's another black man. Shut the fuck up when you hear love talking. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a good episode. Um, thank you for coming by. Uh, for giving me your Kendrick Lamar review. Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels family will see you. Uh, uh, we I have no, I have no 
I have no plans to meet anybody that's associated with that thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Once again, thanks to Biscuit for behind the boards. Uh, we'll Absolutely. Catch you, catch you next time on the It Is What It Is um, show. Whatever. Peace, whatever. peace, I'm done. peace.